Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to episode number 75 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment law specialist and solicitor and I run Real Employment Law Advice. For those of you who listen regularly, I'm very sorry that I missed last week's episode of the podcast. With it being the bank holiday Easter weekend, and I had a very busy run up to the bank holiday weekend and various family things on. So unfortunately, something had to give last week, and it was the podcast. However, I'm back this week, a week earlier than normally would be, and there will be another episode next week so we can catch up. So you're not missing out on any great content. But for those of you who do listen regularly, I am sorry that we missed it. In addition to being bank holiday, I also have some great news. For those of you who have heard on the podcast, I was advertising for a member of staff to help assist at Real Employment Law Advice. The business has been growing and the number of clients that we're dealing with are growing, both employers and employees. And I'm pleased to say that last Wednesday, Wednesday the 19th of April, Miranda Amos came to work with us and she started working with us. She is an employment law specialist, a solicitor, and she's going to be based out of Salisbury and providing advice and assistance to clients in the Hampshire and Wiltshire area and also across the UK. So welcome to Miranda who will be in the business and you can get in touch with either Miranda or myself or my colleague Tony who's the business manager. You can contact us on the um, websites which are the main website is realemploymentloradvice.co.uk and from there you can find advice for employers on the advice for employers.co.uk website and then for employees on the advice for employees.co.uk website. So as always, if you do require any specific advice or assistance, there are now two solicitors who are able to help you. And you can contact us, um, as I say, via the website with all our contact details. So it's been a really busy time at Real Employment Law Advice and I'm pleased that things are continuing to grow. And thank you to everyone who continues to listen to the podcast and to support us. This week I'm starting with the first episode in a mini-series on mental health issues and mental health at work. It's something that I feel fairly passionately about and I do advise a number of employees who have various conditions either relating to work or that are causing problems at work that aren't necessarily caused by work. And so I thought it'd be useful for all employers and managers and business owners and HR professionals to have a better understanding about or even just to think about mental health issues at work and hopefully give you some tips and hints on being a much better employer or manager. As you know from this podcast, I do talk about the law and the, you know, staying within the law, but I also try to talk about best practice and about how to be a really good employer because I think it's one of the keys to success in business is looking after your people and the people that work for you and the more you can get out of them then the more successful your business is going to be. And certainly there are employers who can get by for a little while by treating their staff badly, but I don't think that they're ever going to be reaching the success that they could do if they actually looked after people. And so hopefully from this podcast, you'll get an idea about some tips and hints, or just a reminder of things you already know about how to best look after your employees. So without further ado, I'm going to start with stress in the workplace. So this is episode one of a mini-series on mental health at work. So we're going to be talking about stress. 
And there is no doubt about it. In recent years, I'd say in at least the last 10 years, the amount of stress that people are under at work has continued to rise and is rising. There are various reasons for that. We're all being asked to do a little bit more than maybe we would have done 10, 20 or 30 years ago in the time allowed. We've got the pressures from, you know, new technology, from emails, new communication methods, where we're all expected to be on hand to respond and to reply within, you know, instantaneously in lots of cases. And all of this can cause additional stress at work. The Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, so the CIPD, found in 2016 that the most common cause of long-term absence was stress. And there were various causes for long-term absence, but stress was probably the primary reason for most people's long-term absence. Now, there are several reasons why people are stressed out at work. And these can be because of the workload. And surprisingly, this can include having too little work as well as having too much work. It can also be caused by management style. And here I would say this is about communication, communication between managers and staff, or often there'll be a change in manager and there's a new management style and the the two parties don't communicate very well. The third is non-work relationships. So relationships outside of work, so family, personal relationships cause stress. And personal health issues. So if somebody's going through a personal health issue, then on t- in turn it has a knock-on effect of having caused them stress and can they can be stressed at work. The increase in stress is leading to an increase in the number of people who are suffering with anxiety and depression. So it's quite clear that stress, in too much stress, should I say, can lead to anxiety and depression. And it can also lead to various physical health problems. And quite often for people, the first time they acknowledge that they're stressed out is because it has a a manifestation in some of physical symptoms for them that can vary for different people so for some people it might be they're not sleeping very well for others I've known clients who come out in rashes or have particularly dry skin or eczema because they're stressed out so what's the problem apart from the fact that it causes those health issues well Obviously, as an employer, you want to be looking after your employees. So you've got a moral obligation there and to prevent people from becoming unwell because of stress. But it can also have a major impact on your business and your performance and the performance of other people around your colleagues who are stressed. The Health and Safety Executive found in 2015-2016 that the total working days lost in the UK due to work-related stress, depression or anxiety was 11.7 million which is an average of 23 days per case. So you can clearly see the financial and commercial impact that that can have on staff. And also not to mention the fact that people, even if they struggle through when they're at work, when they're stressed, can be less productive, can have more mistakes at work. So it's, as I say, aside from the moral obligation and your obligation as a human being to look after your staff, There is this issue about how they work in the business and their productivity and their absence levels as well. So it's really important that you have this in mind for all of your employees. So what is stress? Well, the health and safety executive defined stress as the adverse reaction people have to excessive pressures or other types of demand placed on them, which I think is a really good example, a really good definition of what stress actually is. 
Now, there are times when a little bit of stress can actually be quite good. It, it can help people to be more, you know, motivated and can get to get things done or to, you know, kick in at a particular period when like that extra added little bit of stress is needed to get the job done, if you like. But as it says, prolonged periods of stress uh, are what leads to anxiety and depression and longer term problems for people. Now, the very best managers, the very best employers will be able to spot when their employees are getting stressed out or when the stress levels are becoming too high for them. And you'll spot changes in people's behaviour. And this is why I say if you have, I always say this to my clients actually, is if you have an employee who suddenly starts acting unusually or you know, then they're behaving in a way that's um, not productive or, you know, they're normally a really good employee and they're suddenly turning up late for work. Rather than going straight to a disciplinary for that sort of thing, you should have a chat with them, you know, really at the very earliest stage, it's about communicating with them, asking them why, you know, what's happened? Why are you, you know, why are you being late? You're never normally late, that kind of thing. And from there, you can normally get an idea depending on their response about what is actually the cause of it. And quite often it can be stress and they might be stressed out about some work related issues or they might be stressed out about something that's happening at home with their children, which is causing them not to sleep very well or not to get to sleep and therefore they're late. And therefore you can make adjustments to how you deal with them and how you communicate with them in order to stop that stress from tipping over into work or becoming more serious. So how do you spot stress? in employees? Well, it could be a decline in their performance. So as I say, they they stop performing at the same level. They can suddenly have a lot of errors. So there are more errors in their work. Um, They arrive late or or are leaving early, for example. They can lack motivation. So suddenly someone goes from being a really motivated employee who's really enthusiastic to just not being bothered and sort of sloping around that would be a good sign to me that actually there's something wrong there and you should be having a discussion with them. They can be increasingly aggressive, maybe to customers or to colleagues. There can be extremes of behaviour, so they're either extremely low or extremely over the top. Again, that's another sign of stress. They can stop planning their holidays or not taking holidays. It's really important to make sure that all staff plan and take breaks regularly throughout the year. And if somebody's not taking holidays, then there can be a problem there in relation to their stress levels. And interestingly, a, an employer of mine a few years ago used to say to me, well, if, if somebody's not taking their holiday, there is a problem. There's clearly an issue there because either they're so stressed that they feel that they can't take holiday and they're not planning appropriately or they're trying to cover something up because quite often things come out of the woodwork when someone's on holiday and their work's being covered. So it's really important that people do take holidays, not only for their own well-being, but also as a sort of, um, I suppose, an auditing process. If somebody becomes oversensitive, so where ordinarily they might not have been as sensitive, or if they're more irritable. So those are all signs that someone is suffering with stress. So you've identified that somebody has some stress, you have seeing that they've got one of those signs. So what can you do about it as their employer? Well, you should assess and review the employee's workload uh, and see, is it it being caused by too much work? Because that's what's causing them to be stressed. And I would say you should regularly review employees' workloads to make sure 
that they are able to cope with what you're giving them. And that could be just for not just for new employees, but for more experienced employees. If things change in the business or they change the role and suddenly they're taking on more than they can cope with, um, as their manager, you should be regularly reviewing that. I'd look at what they're being asked to do as well. What are you asking them? What are you piling on them? Are you already stressed and are you putting that stress over to your employees? You should communicate with them regularly. I would say that this, of all the tips and hints I'm giving you today about how to deal with stress at work, would be to be more communicative, to look at how you're communicating with employees. And if you're not actually having regular face-to-face conversations with them or even conversations on the telephone, then how do you know exactly what's going on? You should also consider how you are putting forward stressful messages to employees or communications. How are they getting to the employee and how does it sound to them? I mentioned earlier on about workload and actually having not enough work can cause stress for employees and I've recently spoken to somebody who their stress was caused entirely by the fact that they had no work or very little work and they didn't know what was coming through the pipeline and so they were feeling stressed that they weren't being uh, performing adequately or being giving an adequate contribution to the business and then coupled with that there was a number of communications about redundancy and about downturns in work and that sort of compounded the effect on the employee of not having enough work so that they felt under threat the whole time and that's what caused their stress. So not, it, wasn't, it was quite the opposite from having too much work to do and, and being given lots to, to do every day. It was actually not having enough and then being told across, you know, it wasn't just aimed at them, but it was across the whole organisation but that feeling led to insecurity and more worry. So um, think about how you're communicating that message to employees and how you're reassuring people. When somebody has a sickness absence, I recommend that you have a return to work meeting to find out exactly what's causing it, what the issues are going on, and really have a good understanding about them. Hold regular one-to-ones. Again, it's about knowing the employees, having that open dialogue. Train managers to spot signs of stress. So train managers and supervisors that they should be able to spot signs of stress in others, but also in themselves. Because quite often, if a manager is feeling stressed, then they can show one of those signs so they can be um, more aggressive and have highs and lows of behaviour. And in turn, that can cause stress to their employees because they don't know where they stand. Have a stress at work policy. So show your employees that you take stress at work and mental health issues seriously. And carefully manage fluctuations in work. So if your business is such that you have increases in work at certain times of the year and the workflow isn't steady throughout the year, then look at how you're managing that, how you are communicating to your employees, how they are in turn managing that workflow. And carry out risk assessments so that you understand where the stress points lie or where the potential stress points lie. There are obviously some jobs which are much more stressful on a day-to-day basis than others. And there are safeguards put in place for that. So, for example, if you take the social work profession, that is a highly stressful uh, job, which has, you know, huge ramifications for the people involved. And I do know of one organisation where they allow staff to have an additional day off every month. So they say it's the extra time. So instead of saying, you know, you're going to count up all your hours and then you can occasionally take your time off in lieu, they say 
once a month you can have a day for yourself and that will make up for all those extra hours and the stressful job that you do and take it for you. So look at different ways like that depending on what your business is and also one of my top tips in relation to dealing with mental health issues and again this was taught to me when I was a trainee by one of the solicitors I work with is that you have to remember that not everybody comes to a situation in the same way that you do. So one person's worldview may be very different. So you may be a very robust person, have been through a lot and can really take stress or stressful situations in your stride. But somebody else may not, or they might have all kinds of things going on in their life, which means that actually that thing that you think isn't stressful is at the tipping point for them. So to always take into consideration how the other person might be viewing it or thinking about it. And what I'm saying here is if you can try to manage and prevent stress within your business, within your staff, then you can help to prevent it going over into more serious mental health issues like anxiety and depression. It's not always the case because as we know, work isn't always the cause of those things. But as a good employer, you should be doing all that you can to try to prevent that And certainly there shouldn't be any scenarios where employees in your organisation are going off with work-related stress and you don't have a handle on that and you're not managing it. So this is, as I say, the first episode in a series on mental health I'm going to be covering. We're just starting with stress at work. And hopefully I've given you some good guide points and some starting, you know, some things to start thinking about in your business and considering if you behave in the best way with your staff to prevent stress. As always, I'm really happy to talk to you about this, to provide you with any advice and assistance. Um, If you have any questions or any suggestions for other employers, so if you do something in your organisation which is really good practice, then why not share it so everybody else can learn from you. So do get in touch. My email is alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. As I was saying earlier, and as I said before in the podcast, I do really like to hear from listeners. It does make me um, actually feel better about recording the podcast every fortnight if I know that people are listening. And a lady named Fiona recently got in touch to say just that. So thank you very much, Fiona. It really made my day to receive your email and to hear about how the podcasts are really helping you. So thanks again. This is the end of episode number 75. I will be back again next week so that we can get back into the fortnightly rhythm of the podcast and I'll be following up in this series on mental health. So until then, if you do need any advice or assistance, please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can get in touch with me or my colleague Miranda via our website adviceforemployers.co.uk. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice. 